Hey everybody, my name is Josh Remini. I am the pharmacist that de-prescribes drugs by giving people health and wellness tips, tricks, hacks to moving their health from maybe not so good to vibrant. Follow along if you're ready to go beyond the pills. I have studied many modalities of health and wellness in my time, but that is not one of them. So I want to dig into that a little bit. But our stories are very similar too. I got through chemotherapy, radiation and all that. And they're like, you're probably not going to have kids because you didn't store your little boys. Yep. And the same story is the mind body thing is so real. Like I take what you do is like my lens is functional medicine, right? And so I teach people, I say functional medicine gets people pregnant, right? Go through the mind, the body. You and I are similar in that spirit or energetic space as well. And when you connect, both my kids were conceived on vacation. I already know. I relax. I know exactly <laughs> when they were conceived because we were down to this level, right? We had started the business two weeks after we got married. The first business, the pharmacy, right. the brick and mortar. We didn't know how to be married. We didn't know how to communicate. And we started a business that we had no idea what we were doing. And then we waited. We waited 2008. It was like six years before we decided we were going to have kids because we wanted to do the right thing, right? Yep. We need to have funds. We need to do this. So we weren't really planning our kids at that time. And they were awesome surprises because we were like, yes. My wife, it was funny. I remember this. It was kind of like this. It was like, maybe we should start having, and I'm pregnant. And then the second one is, maybe we should start maybe thinking about having a second and I'm pregnant, right? That was right. how it was for us. And I know people have a lot of harsh things and I'm not discounting how hard it is. But the point was, is the beginning, her OBGYN was like, all right, we got to test Josh. I actually got like a text message or an email. It's like, you need to make your appointment with the fertility guy. And I'm like, what are you doing over here? I'm like, we're just going to do it. Right. And we're going to figure it out. And so it was funny, even before the appointment, like we had gotten pregnant because functional medicine, when you get the body, the mind, and the energy all in balance, because that's what we're talking about here. We're in balance is the body heals itself. It does what it wants. I always talk to my patients on that same spectrum of stress when they're trying to get pregnant, but they're stressed out and they're not managing their cortisol. Well, I just told them like this. All right. Think of it from a survival perspective. You need to run from the tiger before you eat your food and digest it before you have babies. That's how you are systematically. Right. So I don't ever work on the sex hormones with my patients unless I've dealt with the cortisol and the stress level. Exactly. First. There's definitely we got to get you here because you're going to chew up all that cholesterol. We had a cholesterol conversation earlier, yeah. but cholesterol is the building blocks for all the hormones. So if you're stressed, your cholesterol level is going to be high, but it's going to shunt to the stress hormones exactly before it's going to go to the thyroid hormones before it's going to go to the sex hormones. So you can't successfully really balance sex hormones like estrogens and testosterone for men, unless you're up here. So it's that cascade. I talk to people about, oh, well, I got to balance my, like, that's what fertility doctors, they just work down here. They work in that level. And it's like, but I can't get, and so I've gotten people pregnant after they've failed on all the fertility. Oh yeah, exactly. Because, because you're again, like, they didn't start in the right space. And so and that's, it, that's again, the whole thing is, so I work with a naturopathic nutritionist right now 
And the reason that I go to her is I had a heart attack a year ago. And they're like, how the hell did you have a heart attack? I'm like, I don't know. Same way. I didn't know how I had cancer. They're like, you eat healthy. You do this. They think it may be genetic. Who knows? I had two stints put in. Great. I wasn't feeling right. I listened to my body. We went to the ER. I was home in 48 hours. Like, that's how quick this went. No more medications except an aspirin. And we're working on something for cholesterol right now, as you and I talked before this. But the thing that came down to it was it doesn't matter how it and why. It's now what are you going to do? That's you the whole thing. Is, that's the thing. Right. People, you can't go back. And that's, that's what people the rumination are like, what? and then that worry piece. You said it before, and it's in my office. I have a little block in my office. You know, it is what it is. We yep. can only be in the present moment. We can't worry about the future or the past. We can only work on what we can and, do. And today. the thing is, the craziest part about this is people mm. go through these things and then you have an opportunity right then. What are you going to do with it? So I went to one of those things where you walk around a track for cancer, right? Whatever. I can't remember the name of it. And I get there and I get in line because they have food for survivors. And people are like, what are you doing in this line? This is for survivors. I'm like, I am. They're like, when? I go, three months ago, how do you look the way you look? You're in great shape. I'm like, what do you expect a cancer survivor to look like? Well, I found out as we go up to this buffet of fried chicken, mac and cheese, all these sugary foods. I'm like, do you people actually seriously eat this stuff? You've lived through something major that most people don't live through. Let's just get real. And now you're consuming all this stuff that actually feeds cancer. Did you not learn from what you went through, but no one's teaching that type of knowledge? I speak from personal experience first, and I was raised with a mother who had treatment-resistant depression. We'll get into that in a moment. I also want to preface this whole conversation, and I always do this with the people that I work with. I was on medication for a while, and there's no shame in that, right? First of all, that's the only way we're being told. And also, those medications were designed to help people balance their chemistry out in acute points in their illness. And in some cases, these medications can be life-saving. So I always want to preface when we're opening up the holistic conversation, especially if the medications haven't been working the way that you were told, because I think that there's a lot of shame that can come with these conditions because these conditions really affect our loved ones a lot and our productivity. It can destroy every aspect of our life. If we're not able to function mentally, like our finances, our career, our friendships, our marriages, our parental roles, all of this stuff can be affected in such tremendous ways. And then we're told that you just need to take this pill. And then if that pill doesn't work, then you have quote unquote treatment resistant depression. And these are diagnoses that once you have them, it's like, oh, I mean, I was taught that this runs in the family and you have it for life and you just have to learn how to manage it. And so this can put us to even more of a hopeless state. So I always want to really really bring home that there is no shame in taking medication. And if it's working for you, fantastic. Awesome. I personally know that I haven't seen it work very often for very many people in the long term. And then there's this problem with the medications is that they are highly addictive in the sense that when you try to get off of them, it's really difficult and there's withdrawal symptoms. And so 
The first thing with the medication for these conditions is that a lot of patients are not being given informed consent, which means that they're thoroughly explained the side effects and the potential risks with these medications. And I get a lot of people coming to me that were not told and they're trying to get off and they can't, or they're being told that the withdrawal symptoms are their mental illness. And then it means that they need to take more medication, but it's actually the withdrawal symptoms that they're suffering from. So I'm just a big advocate of people making decisions for themselves based on having all the information. So the first thing I do with people I work with is make sure that there's a lot of education involved because most of us haven't have the privilege of receiving that. And then as far as going the holistic route with mental health, it's to recognize that we're a whole person and that the symptoms of unhealed trauma mimic those of the clinical descriptions that are in the DSM manual. That's the diagnostic manual that's used to diagnose these mental health conditions. So like trauma is emotional situation that, that actually affects our nervous system. And again, it's not like we're antidepressant deficient and serotonin and dopamine and these chemicals that we're familiar with now that these medications target are certainly disrupted in the process. But like, if we're looking at depression, there's many reasons that somebody could be depressed and in functional medicine, which is when we're looking at the whole person, that's what would be called an upstream symptom. And there's different reasons that that could be getting disrupted. It can be things like poor nutrient profiles, so a poor diet. Most of us in the Western world are on the standard American diet, which is nutrient deficient. Our body needs raw building materials from the food that we eat to build these neurotransmitters to begin with. So are we serotonin deficient? Possibly, but is it because we need to go in there and mess with the receptor sites in the brain? Not necessarily. Inflammation, these neurotransmitters like serotonin travel through these really tiny little pathways in the brain. And if we have inflammation, which is due to chronic stress and lifestyle factors like lack of exercise, inflammatory foods, which are the standard American diet, those little tiny pathways, inflammation is like swelling on the inside of our body. And so the brain is not immune to the inflammation process. And these little tiny pathways that the serotonin travels through become smaller than they already were. So we're looking at depression specifically in the holistic field now in functional medicine as an inflammation problem. There's been studies where they gave half of the population of the study aspirin, which is an anti-inflammatory, which we don't recommend, but there are other ways to pursue lowering your inflammation. But they were treatment resistant. And when they were given an anti-inflammatory, their depression lifted. There's the emotional stuff. Like if we've had a traumatic experience in our life and it's not just about criteria of being a veteran of war combat, which certainly would qualify, but it's unique to the individual what trauma is and how it's stored in the body. So that would be another thing that we would look at. What time in your life did that thing happen? If something small seemingly now happened when you were two, you have a different set of coping skills at two. So something very small could have been very traumatic. And if that wound wasn't healed, we carry that imprint in our nervous system. We can also have chronic trauma or chronic stress, which is basically a production of the way that we're living our life in the Western world. And that accumulates over time. That's the source of mental health problems, which actually is not really a mental health. It's not a brain disease, right? It's not something that's pathological. It's a natural response. And when we see these like mental health 
situations arising in the lens of trauma and accumulated stress over time. It's not even the actual thing that happened in our life. And the work of people like Peter Levine, we're seeing now we don't even have to go back and relive it or talk it out. We need to somatically reprogram the nervous system's response to stress in the body because what it does, because our body's perfect and we're always looking for survival first and then thrival or growth and love and joy and all of these things, the body's mechanism sees that as secondarily important to our survival. So if we've had trauma, or even if it's been in our lineage, because epigenetics now show that seven generations hold genetic alterations due to one person's experience in our family changes the genes and epi means above its environment that's above our genes. So we're not locked into genes, it's the environment. And so when we've had trauma accumulate, the nervous system becomes hyper-responsive to stress in an attempt to keep us alive. These upsets in our life can reprogram our nervous system. And so there will be no pill to heal that. It's a healing process through diet, lifestyle, mindset, all these kinds of things that actually heal that over time. So there's a tremendous amount of reasons that we could be having bipolar. There is true bipolar. There are people that go into mania and it's a real thing. It's a real thing. And there does need to be some management there with the brain chemistry, but we can use things that are not harmful. Like prescription lithium has a tremendous amount of side effects. We can use lithium orotate, which is a naturally occurring mineral. Most people that do actually have that are deficient in lithium, the mineral, not the prescription drug. Um, and so those things can help. But when we're looking at trauma, we now know there's fight or flight. Most of us are aware of that. That means we either flee or fight. So then we can look at mental health problems as if somebody has an anger problem, it actually could be their flight or fight response. And anger management might help, but until we get the nervous system out of fight or flight through lifestyle, through nutrition, through deeper healing modalities, that anger problem is never going to go away. And again, we're just going to be managing it. Or now we know though, that there's the freeze response and that can mimic clinical depression. And if we're in freeze response, there's not a pill that's going to bring us out of freeze response. And so then you come to be classified as treatment resistant depression. And I think that that's tragic because it means that you're that treatment resistant depression, but it's not unhealable. And if you have somebody that's like living with trauma and they're fluctuating between a fight or flight, which is an aroused state and a freeze response, then we could be going from being aroused to frozen. And that mimics the criteria somewhere on the bipolar spectrum. And I'm not to say that it's not there and bipolar isn't real. Some people who are living with real bipolar will know that, right? And full manias, and it's a real thing. But I think the majority of people that are getting diagnosed with bipolar are probably fluctuating more between the freeze state and the fight or flight state. And that some work to heal the trauma could alleviate those symptoms. And that's been my experience. I was fluctuating between the two, but I had trauma that I hadn't healed. I yeah. healed the trauma and now that's gone. That's amazing because so many awesome nuggets because yes, recapping is like drugs are important. <laughs> Medications work. And it's such an interesting topic because in almost all chronic conditions, the meds do have a place from the acute phase. But the chronic phase where we would mask a symptom or sometimes becomes less effective or ineffective. And so you can look at this from the standpoint of PPIs and GERD, right? The same differences. You put them on it. The doctor keeps them on it. Let's not fix what's not broken. 
We try to get off it. The side effects of getting off a medication and reducing it are worse than when you started it. So then the pharma side comes in and says, I have to take it more and more and I can't get off it. We have patients that come in and say, this isn't working and I need help. So I love how you're a guide in so many ways to look. I always say to looking at it from different lenses of emotional and mental health, because we're at the stage where it's hard to even admit this space. You're seeing it in like professional sports and all these other places now that there's this more of an awareness thing. And so I love the fact that, yes, medications are important. We're not discounting them. There's more. We can use lifestyle, functional, holistic, root-caused approach to things like mental health. So I love that spin that you're putting on it from your lens of personal experience. It's also from the standpoint of we're blending ancient wisdom with science now, and we're working it towards, we would never be having this conversation about trauma and what it is and how it manifests itself. And I loved how you touched on the neuroscience of how we program this without even going back to the trauma. Now we have epigenetic scientific proven genetic response to how this is multi-generational. So it's things we've thought about for a while, but now we can back it up by science. And that's what I love about this space is we're totally backing it up from a lens that we need to hear it from. Because in America, the ancient science is like, well, I don't care what's been done in China and India for 3000 years. It's like, give me the pill and show me the study. It's like, well, okay, here's the study. I had a doctor today, my pharmacist asked me, she's like, can you provide me the study on magnesium and drug-induced nutrient deficiency in PPIs? Because he wanted to discharge the patient from the pharmacy because he had never heard of it before. And this is quackery. I said, obviously, I'll give you the study. So I love how you're blending science with ancient wisdom and your own personal experience. That's exactly what I do. I love treating and healing people from this thing that you mentioned, stress. My ideal client is actually men who are suffering from low testosterone and erectile dysfunction. Because again, that hormone balance piece, right? You can't reproduce if you're in fight or flight all the time. And it's interesting how much that gets missed. And like you said, you, if you're in fight or flight, your thyroid doesn't function well and you get, then you can't make a baby, right? I think people miss that one of the main causes of infertility in this country is thyroid dysfunction, which is a stress dysfunction. With men, same thing. If the hormone, if the adrenals aren't functioning well, you cannot produce enough DHEA and dopamine which means that testosterone doesn't get produced because the adrenals also are responsible for sulfating DHEA and then sending it to the liver. And then the liver is supposed to convert that to testosterone. But then if the liver is not clean, then it will unsulfate the DHEA and convert it to estrogen. So we end up with men in this estrogen dominance pattern where they're not producing enough um, testosterone because their adrenals don't function well. And so really helping get the gut corrected, get the adrenals online, getting the liver cleaned out and restoring testosterone more naturally as opposed to doing bioidenticals. And I'm not saying I'm against bioidenticals, but we shouldn't be giving them to 20 year olds. And I'm no, seeing no, that no. a lot. Yeah. And it's a great point. I'd love to, to talk about this place because you're working with these folks is I spend more time fixing testosterone issues mm -hmm. than I do 
getting people on testosterone at this point, because the other piece is what does the doctor do? They slather on the testosterone because they look at the endogenous production. It seems relatively low, but they didn't look at the stress. They didn't look at the gut. They didn't look at estrogen. They didn't even test. Yeah. And then from a pharmaceutical perspective, from a farm, like we compound, so we know where these are coming from, but testosterone, when put on the skin and used transdermally, does not go through hepatic absorption. It goes through lymphatic absorption. So they can't test your blood when they give it to you on your skin, which means they don't see it. And then they put more and then they put more. And you and I both know that's where it all just converts over to estrogen. So now we have man boobs. Now we have, I'm feeling worse. Okay. Let's put more on. Okay, I'm feeling worse. Let's. I've seen obscene doses, supra physiological doses because of that. And pharma screwed us from the beginning. So you're putting a guy on five milligrams of testosterone, but they're actually getting 50 to 100. So it's like you have to unprescribe their doctors and then you have to fix them. And then you have to tell them I have to give you less because to make you feel better or wash yes. you out. It's been like... I, that's why I stopped doing hormones because I got so frustrated because I coming from the traditional pharmacy people and they're coming in, I'm getting scripts for 50 milligrams and I'm, and they're like, I, I feel great. And then a month later they feel worse. And then you have that receptor down regulation and all these problems. And it's, I don't want to fix you because you're not even listening. Yeah. <laughs> Doctors will listen. It's funny how they, they think one thing, but anyway, we can go down that whole rabbit hole. So I love that you working with guys who have, you're solving their pain, right? Their pain is yeah. ED. Their pain is yeah. they can't have sex and enjoy life, but you don't directly work there. You indirectly fix the problem because you're going downstream you're looking at the downstream stuff, but you're going so proactive because you're addressing the cortisol, you're addressing the gut, you're addressing the liver, you're making sure the body works. Talk to me because I think this is great. And the summit we're doing with pharmacists is beyond the pills is you can correct the imbalance without doing the testosterone. 20 year olds don't need testosterone unless they have a severe issue with making right. but then we should be which would have already been diagnosed before they were 20 yes and that's a pituitary gland dysfunction yeah. right and usually if we see a male developing sexually before the age of 13 we need to start addressing that male before the age of 13 because that's a pituitary gland dysfunction it's not a testosterone issue it's a different issue which also gets missed that's one of those things that we were not paying attention to even in our youth which is creating a problem then later. But yeah, so what I'm doing with these guys right now, I have one, two, three, four, five people who are one, two, we are in three of them in their third month. One of them is in his fifth month and one of them is in month six of the program. So the program takes a while, right? Because you don't mess up hormones overnight. <laughs> you mess them up over years of time. It takes the average person I will expect will take about a year to get through the program entirely, but some people will take 15 to 16 months. I have no doubt about that because their systems are so challenged that they'll need that time. I run them through by first starting them on 90 days of an adrenal support diet where we get rid of the stimulants. 
I try and have them do one day a month where they are completely silent and no electronics, as little light as possible that doesn't come from sunlight. And then they also start running through a protocol to get them detoxing because I think I think people would be surprised. We talk about constipation, but people are like, oh, I have a bowel movement every other day. That's normal. And I'm like, no, that's not normal. We need you going to the bathroom pretty much if you eat a meal. 14 to 16 hours later, you should go to the bathroom. So if you're eating three meals a day, you should have three bowel movements a day. If you're eating two meals a day, you should have two bowel movements a day. So start getting that education in them and getting them, their bowels moving. We go through a specific protocol where we're helping that out and then start giving them supplements in month two that help detox the liver and the kidneys and start providing a little bit more support than just the diet to the adrenal glands. And then usually right around six to eight weeks in the people who are this far through the program, the people who are only two weeks in, we're not noticing a significant difference yet, except in energy level. They all say they have better energy, but right somewhere between six and eight weeks, the men are starting to report a morning erection again, which is huge, right? If in six to eight weeks, we can undo one part of the problem then we know that the rest of the program is working. For one of the guys, everyone on the program so far has lost weight. That's not one of the main goals of the program, but it is happening because they're eating better with the adrenal support diet. For one of the guys, he was on testosterone support. I am not sure that we would ever get him completely off of testosterone support because he used steroids a lot as a college athlete and then professional athlete. And so I, I don't think we will ever get him off because he was starting to use steroids in his 20s, insane levels of steroids in his 20s. So there are some issues there that... Yeah, everything shut down. Yeah. <laughs> but he already is noticing differences in the ability to build muscle, which is a testosterone dependent thing. And his ability to also have endurance in even his steady state cardio. So, and he's six months into the program and his body fat percentage has dropped from about 17% down to 10%. And he feels great. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Pills podcast. You can find Josh on LinkedIn and Facebook at Josh Rimini and on TikTok at Beyond the Pills. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd be forever grateful if you left a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know somebody who wants to go beyond the pills, send them this episode. If you've got any specific questions or ideas for future episodes, reach out to Josh and send him a message. Thanks again for being a part of the Beyond the Pills community. We'll see you next time.